So, I mean, I'm going to ask you, how, how are you guys for like the fifth time? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're up and running. Great. We're all now good. I'm pissed off. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you are. Technical issues, technical issues, technical issues. Well, uh, we're a bit tight for time, so should we slap in for an introduction? Yeah. Get my one note up and not crash my computer. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <sighs> Hello, you are listening to TW3. We are the show that makes fun of those who deserve it. We tackle the fake news that plagues us and we highlight the world's insanities. So this week, Dominic Cummings. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm joined by Gregory Bush. Oh, sorry, we're not like that, Lawrence. You know, we didn't mind if we... You know, <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I just remembered how Lawrence got so upset when I left the introductions <laughs> too late. And he was... <laughs> uh, so, anyway, Gregory Bush! <laughs> Woo! And all the way from down under, Nibau Abimona. You stopped my name up for the last time. Oh, fucking <laughs> All right, come on. How do you say it? Nib- guys, Nib- guys, it's Nibal Ghassan Abil Muna. You need to get oh, it yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I'm your host, Dominic Clay. We are calling in from all over the world, and we've got a jam-packed show for you today. So, Dominic Cummings uh, is on the run, and the hunt is on. He was interviewed by police after breaking lockdown to travel to his parents' home. Keir Starmer is naturally furious and calling for his head. A conversation was overheard between them. I'm getting close, huh? You will go to prison. You're gonna have to catch me. <laughs> Visitors to the UK will be required to undergo a 14-day quarantine period to ensure we mitigate the number of infections. Unable to afford enough private helicopters for visitors transiting between the plane and their hotels, the government are asking people to ignore the following commands. Please move down inside the bus. Stand on the right and move along the platform. And Donald Trump has baffled many this week with a series of strange comments. However, it was the presumptive Democratic nominee, Joe Biden, who really stole the show when he declared... If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Now... This really is a presidential race between Dumber and Dumber. We will be talking about all of this and more when we come back after a word from our sponsor. I'm the president and you're fake news. So, guys, tell me some of your thoughts. Dominic Cummings is obviously uh, in the hot seat this week. I don't know if you picked up on this. He's um, been out and about where he shouldn't be people are calling for his head people are very upset it seems to be a uh, it seems to be that he's um really really done a duff this one and he's been asked to resign by multiple sources i don't know did anyone pick up on this i did yeah and it, it's just getting ridiculous isn't it you know especially the sort of journalists that are like picking on these people and whatever there are bigger fights to 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 be tackling right now rather because it seems easy just to put pressure on people and be like you need to resign you know, that's like, it's like these are the easy, the low hanging fruit, aren't they? Really, guys? Yeah, I, know. Sort of mate. I do get you know, it's serious that like they can't the sort of one rule for 
for everyone else and, and different set of rules for them you know it's like guys make sure you all stay inside and got a lockdown right now right thank i'm just gonna i'm just gonna see my parents one sec guys no <laughs> no I'm, is... I'm, I'm not just gonna hop and see my parents i'm gonna drive 260 miles <laughs> yeah exactly well, i yeah. know but what I don't understand is how all these officials don't understand the world we live in of social media. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It happened yeah. in Scotland. It's happened with Professor Neil Ferguson. It's now happened with Donald Cummings. They should all know they're going to get caught. I mean, it's just plain exactly, stupid. Yeah. Any of the you know the leaders must have said to them, surely, guys, don't be stupid. You've got to make sure you're being <laughs> abiding the rules. Otherwise, yeah. it's going to be on the front pages of the daily newspapers. Um, so, yeah, I mean, talking about quarantine, what I've got like a little bit of a mini rant for the week, which I know I made a bit of a joke of in my second thing. But seriously, can someone please explain to me how people are supposed to 14 day quarantine when they come in from an aeroplane? OK, so just in my picture, it, OK, you've come in on an aeroplane where Ryanair have already said they're refusing to not sell the middle seats. OK, you come in on an aeroplane. <laughs> what's the first thing you do? What's the first thing you do that happens? When the seatbelt sign goes off, everybody leaps up at the same time to get their bags. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then everybody queues to get out the aeroplane. Then everybody walks down the steps and they get on a shuttle bus. And we all know everybody's kissing and touching each other on that shuttle bus. You're then into a queue in Gatwick Airport. Can you imagine, like, the staff trying to keep people in, in the immigration queue line to two metres apart? Not gonna happen. Yeah. You then wars off. You then get on the tube or the Gatwick Express or what? It's just it. It's balmy. It's like balmy. I mean, essentially, what you're doing is you, you, you know, you have one person that comes into the country, and all that happens is he's just a time bomb, and he infects ten people, and then those ten people, you know, you, it's just, it's, it's yeah. just illogical to say the least. But yeah, it's, it's, we're in a weird set of times, aren't we? Where all these sort of rules and whatever, they're just sort of they're, they're laid down in the knowledge that it's not going to work in the in, in like a majority of cases, really, in most cases, and yet it's sort of like we're hopefully we're going to land. A little bit in, in the safer area than you know so they, they lay out the extreme saying like right guys you need to really obey this sort of social distancing like in all all of these circumstances they're well aware that this is not going to happen of but course they, yeah. they're, they're, they're saying it in the hope that we're going to land somewhere closer to, to social distancing than of course yeah. of course and i i I said this last week, I and you know, I said that the only real thing where we look back at it, the lockdown will have honestly achieved in any country mm. is essentially the uh, instilling a seriousness of this on people. Because, you know, ultimately, mm. you know, like you said, asking people to distance and socially distance without the lockdown, it probably would have been almost certainly would have been so much harder. But we're in a situation where we've got to try and open you know reopen the economy and reopen things but we need to obviously try and keep people apart but yeah like you said it's just it's just a rule that is gonna end up kind of being partially enforced isn't it especially when it comes to airports i mean give me a break when have you and especially when it comes to mps yeah how long will these rules go on for like what's you know what's the end game so is it when we have zero infections, zero leads? Is it when the coronavirus is completely forgotten, like SARS or Ebola? Okay, so um, Bill Gates actually put this really nicely. And I watched a couple of interviews with him. He essentially said, we, 
what you have to do is you have to look at the capacity in your hospital, okay? And you have to look at when emergency admissions are on the rise, then you know you need to implement more social distancing measures. And then as your R rate or emergency uh, admissions are going down, then you can start to relax the admissions. In many ways, if you want to save everybody, you have to lock down totally and nobody's allowed to move anywhere. It's, mm -hmm. Do you see what I mean? But obviously, you know, there are actually, you know, co life costs to a, an economy that stagnates and goes yeah. into recession. But that's besides the point. What, um, what you're saying is the whole idea with the Nando scale, which I now refuse to refer to it by anywhere else, is very much that. You know, essentially, as we the rate of infection goes up, we go into very hot, then we need to increase our social distancing measures. As we go down and we get towards lemon and herb, we can relax them. Now, in terms of an endgame, of course, an endgame is a virus uh, vaccine, but a vaccine could never happen or it could be a decade away or whatever. So to us, I hope that answers your question, Nipsey. And you should yeah, watch some does. of the Bill Gates. It does. But I I can't say that I can't say that I I agree with that system. But I mean I'm not a professional, so I can't talk professionally or give give really my opinion because yeah I don't know well, so, the so whole topic is just a little bit of a blur. Yeah, I mean it's obviously but so what what do you think um, the best way forward is just from your experiences? The best way forward, okay. So throughout history, man's faced many diseases and many outbreaks. Never have we responded in this way where people have been willing to give up their own social privileges, to, to give up everything in the name of security or in the name of protection. And since this has happened, I mean, the cases worldwide and the deaths, yes, the numbers are stacking up, but they are nowhere near numbers of other deadly diseases. Now, I don't have the figures in front of me, but I just don't see how this got so out of control so quickly and it put the whole world in lockdown. And now this lockdown has become a reality. It's not even... It's not even like, oh, it might end. It's like, oh, it might ease, but there's no end to the lockdown. Um, I, I mean, so a couple of points there. I guess you say about there have been things that, like other diseases that have been like, yeah. worse than this and, what, and looking back at them. I think a lot of these like figures and whatever, are, are they like somewhat skewed because you're, you're, you're literally looking back at these sort of diseases at the end of their like life cycle. So it's, it's all well and good saying like, but look, this, this disease killed... Flipping hundreds of thousands, you know, it's nowhere near as, but we're still like quite in the early stages of uh, of, of coronavirus, really, aren't we? And you know, so they haven't, it hasn't killed as many as those diseases. Obviously not, because we're looking back on those, and over the span of that disease, it killed more than coronavirus did. So I feel like some of those are being like skewed somewhat, somewhat. Yeah. I think. Do you think some of it is that we're nowadays we're in such a time where it's it's probably the first chance we've had at being able to convey the message to everyone saying like stay indoors and things like and stuff like that like th you think back to some of the other diseases they say that really caused wrecked havoc and killed those people we didn't have the sort of connected the, the hyper connectivity that we do today like you know it's been possible to sort of employ these kind of like social distancing and yeah. like stay at home messages because because everyone can get the message like guaranteed everyone can get the message you know it's sort of yeah in our lifetime you know no one's accessed the internet and you know just um yeah, 
rambling now. Please, someone take over. No, no. I, what what you're saying is makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Cool. So uh, the last uh, the last quick thing of my little that was the week that was um, soundbitey <laughs> review type segment. Um, Joe Biden. Uh, I oh, will yeah, ju- bloody Biden. I I will just play you this one more time, just so you can fully take in what he said. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. <laughs> What the hell? So, I so, mean, can, can I just like, if you think about, you know, how ridiculous the stuff that Trump comes out with, okay, but one of the problems that we have with Donald Trump is actually we've become immune to it. You know, any other president, you know, if they said even one of the things that Donald Trump says on a daily basis, it would be front page headlines, but we've all kind of been almost vaccinated against Trump now. It, you know, this is herd immunity. By CNN. This is how, yeah, by CNN, yeah. You're fake news. Um, so, but the problem is, is that you've got Joe Biden, okay, who, if I'm perfectly honest, I think he's a total empty shirt. He's just an empty shirt. Well, he's backed by Crooked Hillary. She came oh, out well, and did a public, but, public announcement. Well, they all are. But the problem is, is that I just say, I, Joe Biden, in my mind, he's just, he hasn't got a hope in hell of beating Trump. And he's, you know, if the Democrats really wanted to get rid of him, uh, they needed to elect someone like Mike Bloomberg, who had $70 billion to go and spend on, you know, playing Trump at his own game, who would say just as outrageous things. I mean, they've just shot themselves in the foot. And then you when you hear Joe Biden, okay, who literally, I think he was being quiet because Trump was just saying all these outrageous things, and he was thinking that Trump would just dig his own grave. But no, no. <laughs> like no you know and then Biden comes on air on the odd tv interview that he has um and he says something like that so i just wanted to gauge your guys's reaction because i mean this is just dumber and dumber for the presidential election as far as i'm concerned yeah i mean so just just for, to get some context on it's like he was talking to charlemagne the god who always just you know um carries himself with like such charm and like and and he, he handled it very well uh, and the problem with the, the they're gonna. They chose Biden over, you know, someone like Bernie Sanders, well, because Bernie Sanders had like the, the radical ideas of like healthcare for all and things like that. And you know, well, the people won't vote for that. So and now they're just left with, like Dom says, this sort of dementia-ridden old man that's just he's, slowly losing his he's mind. Right, is that the two I mean, options? I'm a little bit behind in this topic. Is that the two options? So it's Joe Biden or it's Trump again? Well, okay. So yeah, sorry. Thanks for the context on that radio show because obviously I didn't go into that, Greg. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, but yeah, so right. De- Joe Biden's the presumptive. Uh, Democratic nominee, so he he hasn't actually um, secured the nomination yet, but it's fairly certain that he will get it. Um, I can't remember what caucuses are left or whatever, but uh, yeah, so it's basically Trump versus Biden. Now, and I looked this up yesterday when I saw a video of Joe Biden. He literally looks like he's about eighty-five years old, and to really? think, How old and is he? he's seventy-nine. I think. Oh my god! Someone, someone, yeah, might, Greg, are you going to fact check that for me? But I, I don't want to. He's, he's seventy-seven. He, oh, he's, he's 77. seventy-seven. Yeah, sorry, seventy-seven. I think Trump's seventy-one, maybe. I mean, but seventy-three. Can, seventy-three. Yeah. So, can you just comprehend that? <laughs> you know, in theory, Joe Biden could be president if he wins this for another eight years. By the time he leaves <laughs> office, he would be eighty-five. 
Okay. I, and people say that they're out of touch. Like, you know, oh. you know. I, I reckon Donny for president. I reckon Donny for president. Oh, Nipsey, shut up. I don't know. Keep but this is in. a problem. You know who he I want? He I, he, I he want. Can. I want Mark Cuban. I'm like, if we couldn't get Mike Bloomberg, I'm a Mark Cuban for president. That's who I am. Because Jesus Christ, right now, if you know, if you want a billionaire in the White House, yeah, that was a yeah. lot of what the central was saying. Let's have a billionaire in the White House. You know, let's get him to run business. Right now, do you want Donald Trump running things, or do you want someone like Bill Gates? Or do you want Donald someone Trump. like Mark Cuban? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shut up, Nibsy. Nibsy, I've only got what? Nibsy, I've got one thing to say to you, mate. You're fake news. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm. I'm just getting antsy. Uh, and we need to get to a break. So please do. If you've got anything, any commentary you want to fire back at us, please do. Email us at podcast at tw3media.co.uk. You can make it as abusive as you like. We love it. Um, and if you want to twitbox us, please do send us a message. Tweet us at tw3media. We will be right back after this. <laughs> And we are back. Right, we're going to move on to some stories. Nibsy, you've got something for us this week? I sure do, yeah. So my story this week is about the Sir Captain Tom Moore. So we've spoken about this gentleman a few times. This guy has raised up to date over $40 million for the coronavirus relief. He started doing it by doing laps of his backyard and raised a substantial amount of money. Then when the time came for his birthday, he was gifted a flyover by, by the Air Force. And now he's been overawed and knighted for his efforts by the Queen. So that that's I thought that was pretty cool when I saw it, um, considering nice. we've, we've uh, covered his topic a few weeks running. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, what a guy. Um, I, I Yeah, I think it's certainly... The money will obviously do lots of good, but I think actually his mission and what he's been doing um, has been even better in terms of people's, I don't know, sanity. Just keep it, you know, it's just been mm. an uplifting thing in a time where we need uplifting um, moments like that. So I think that's brilliant. Yeah, thank you for that, Nibsy. Let's do, let's do Greg, then you can go back, Nibsy. I, this week, someone, of course, hadn't really heard of her before, but um, Rona Ambrose... I hope I'm saying that right, as um, Canada's former health minister. She's joined the e-cigarette company Jules Board of Directors. Um, so I don't know if you guys have seen the adverts for Jules. You know, they're one of the um, vaping kind of, uh, vape pen kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this this is uh, this has grown, uh, gathered attention um, from the internet as uh, she was sort of strongly against, you know, e-cigarettes while she was on the, on the Canada's um, health board. She um, she'd urged Canadians to not use e-cigarettes as there was no scientific study to support their safety. Uh, Jules come under fire from numerous lawsuits uh, alleging that um, they'd sort of been targeting like adolescents. I don't know if you've heard about this in the news, you know, with all the sort of bubble gum and, you know, flavours that were all for sort of... And now they no longer sell those uh, flavours in Canada, like partly due to, you know, the sort of legislation she would have laid down while she was on the board. But now she's joined them on their board of directors and sort of people have been highlighting it that, you know, out of one company into another, you know, just going where the money takes you kind of thing. Um, Dom, you had something to say on this? Yeah, I really do. I, this makes me mad, okay? This makes me <laughs> really angry. And I'll tell you why. Because all these vaping companies are doing are they are praying on teenagers mm. 
That's yeah, all they're definitely. doing. It's now the cool thing, okay? They say that they are better than smoking, but teenagers mm. weren't not. smoking. Well, uh, besides the scientific, but you teenagers were not smoking en masse as it was. You know, these te- you don't see like 30, 40% of teenagers smoking, but you see 30, that 40% of teenagers vaping now. So all they're doing is damaging yeah. their damn lungs. And of course, you know, if you remember back to the US, there was that scandal with a company, and I can't remember which one, whereby um, you had lots of different uh, teenagers dying from their lungs, getting attacked by their lungs. Mm, yeah. So yeah, Nibsy, what you want to say to me? Yeah, funny, funny story with the whole vaping thing. Like, I one of my friends was really intrigued by some videos online of he he actually went and bought a vape because he's seen videos of guys and girls vaping and then making like shapes with the smoke. So it's become like a sport mm. or like yeah, some yeah, sort yeah. of competition where they. You know, they blow rings and they do hearts and they make images and like, okay, it's very artistic. I mean, people have died from collapsed lungs using these vapes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's super dangerous. My question is, if you were in charge of a vape company, what flavor mm. would you make? Because that is the bit that gets me. These flavors are mostly disgusting. I can tell you mine. Mine would be Marmite. <laughs> that would be amazing. Do you reckon sales would, you know, tick up or tick down to I, Marmite? I think I would get them hooked even faster with Marmite. I would I would stand on it because, I'm sorry, that, that would just be amazing. Can you imagine a Marmite-flavoured vape? I mean, so this is a, it's actually like a, a thing for me. that I was going to say that I don't know for, for the listeners that I don't have a sense of smell. And um, Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for people vaping winds me up no end in that the sort of vaping pens might be you're literally just sort of in this endless cycle of like fueling an addiction to to nothing like to just the nicotine which doesn't really give you any sort of like positive benefit in in that you don't in that you don't need nicotine anymore because you've you've satiated it and then you want some more you know there's, there's nothing for it in the moment that's like beneficial but the thing that annoys me about vaping pens is why are they so sort of like Oh, intrusive yeah, yeah. on everyone else's why do they need these big old smoking <laughs> chimneys of like and and people say it absolutely stinks and you know I, so i can't smell it but the, the thought that you're just allowed you know the the thought that you're just allowed to sort of choose what everyone else is you know you have to you have to experience as a world guys by the way because i'm choosing to vape right here it just 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 piss like it just yeah it's, it's, me it's, it's <laughs> when it's when people used to ask us like uh, can can we vape in here? You know, like in the bar, yeah. and you, it used to be like a situation where you were like hotboxed in a yeah. Uh, in, yeah in this like environment. I mean, it was mad. So yeah, I completely agree. Now, nah, giving props to Dan, being like, I mean, Dan would always say that. I mean, no, it is legal. I just don't want you to do it here. <laughs> 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 yeah. Fair enough, though. If you don't allow smoking, you wouldn't allow the vaping. I mean, okay, it's not oh, actually. I it's still the same sort of smoke. It's just, it's not nice. And yeah. for people who aren't vaping, it's a bit intrusive. Yeah. All right, guys, I mean, if you do not give me a flavour, Greg, I'm going to assign you protein Oh, sorry, shake, sorry. And Nibs, I'm going um, to assign, I... assign you kangaroo, because Lawrence isn't here to make that <laughs> joke. So you're going to have to give me a flavour, boys. Um, yeah, probably Earl Grey. Oh God! <laughs> tea drinkers. Did we not hear? Like, honestly, tea drinkers. What is it? 
So, all right. Oh, <laughs> oh great. It might I guess be I'll just nice, have to actually. go. I guess I'll just have to go English breakfast. Oh God! <laughs> I have to be English. Breakfast. I'm surrounded by tea drinkers. This is where we need Lulu back. Lulu, please, Lulu, if you listen to this, which you will be, I need you back because I've got two tea drinkers here. <laughs> all right. I need I need a coffee person in my corner. So uh, we must get to a break. Uh, uh, we will be right back after this. After this for the record, I mean, I am I am a coffee person through and through. I just knew it wind you up. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thanks for that, Greg. <laughs> you just wanted to raise my blood pressure more than my coffee is yeah. already raising it. it was, <laughs> I thought the resting level was too low at the moment. Oh, right, okay. I'm going to have to check my blood pressure after this. All right, okay. Well, I, I mean, I suppose I'm kind of already back, so we might as well carry on. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're going to move on to some emails, guys. So, uh, we said... Ooh. Yeah, so I've, we've had a, a few, like, kind of random ones, some random feedback. Uh, yeah, one from um, a guy called Jack emailed in and said, I hope you're picking up that the UK is thinking of having another bank holiday in August. Haven't we had enough holiday over the last two months? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I think. Well, I think. Why? I, Are Jack, they actually? Yes, I looked this up. Okay, I looked this up, and I picked it up on the news. All right, and essentially, the UK is planning on having a bank holiday in. October, it's being put forward by the tourism committees because obviously they've lost out on a whole load of other uh, revenue as a result of this coronavirus mm. thing. We have, I'm sorry, to the tourism committee, we have too many bank holidays anyway. Oh, it is time about for it. people <laughs> to go to work, for Christ's sake. We've had two months off. Go, like, Jesus wept. You I guys mean, honestly... You guys are just milking it. Oh, like, I'm sorry. It's like literally, do you, I don't even know what the number is, Greg. Do you? How many bank holidays we have a year? But it's ridiculous. Every bank holiday. Every bank holiday. Greg, look, that, you can fact check that for us. But every bank holiday costs the, um, the economy billions of pounds. Okay. In lost revenue from all kinds of different areas. Okay. And they want another one. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you on crack? Who is smoking who is, this crack? I've got a question. Who is they? Like, is it is it the public asking for another bank holiday? No, or is, are they? What are they? Who's just making these decisions? No, no, no. It's 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 not the public. Um, the idea was put forward by the UK's uh, the UK's tourism agency, Visit oh, Britain. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, essentially, they're requesting that we have another holiday period. That, oh, yeah, they've expected to have lost out. This was the number I was looking for. Usually they take 80 billion. Uh, they reckon it will be 22 billion this year. So they hope to make up the difference in October, I guess. But I mean, Yikes, that's going to be a hell of a weekend, <laughs> isn't it, boys? I mean, to, 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 to be honest, if, you know, if the pubs were open as well, Jesus Christ, what the what is the point of having a bank holiday if the pubs are not open? I'm exactly. sorry. Yeah. Well, that was going to be my next I thing. mean, what? yeah. Greg, did you get a number for us? Yes, apparently eight bank holidays a year. We that's not nine that many. Scotland. Nine nibs. That's loads. You got to remember. Oh, it's not. It's like that's not nearly one a month, nibs. 
Yeah, it's but that's pretty good. I mean, Jesus Christ, I you have two in May. I mean, you have literally like two bank holidays. But, and and then you've got to remember that employees have 28 days of year of holiday as well. I mean, Jesus, what? Do you get 28 plus nine? I mean, what, what, I, we don't work anymore as a country. We're turning into France. Dominic Lane for Prime Minister. <laughs> 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 Except yeah. it'd be like you know, it would be like you know jobs for everyone. It'd be like everyone will work, get back yeah. to work. <laughs> Not you know, I'll get you back to work. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, at the rate things are going, no one will have any jobs to work for anyway. We're come October, oh, yeah, so a... I mean that's obviously not something we should joke about because that is quite a serious topic. Uh, probably we don't have time to go into it now. One more email here, a bit of a sadder one actually. Uh, sort of thanking us for yeah. making making her laugh because she's lost her job, unfortunately. Um, essentially, her boss cancelled her fixed term contract. Um, and said to her, "Quote: If you go quietly in the next two weeks." I'll give you a recommendation. And her notice period was actually two months. Jeez. Wow. I mean, this is, I've said this from day dot, that the government does not realise how many people are getting screwed out of their jobs, Mm. who are losing jobs. I mean, I think, you know, whatever the unemployment statistic is, I think it's at least five points higher. Um, it's, it, you know, really tragic. So Lucy, your boss should A, go fuck himself. Um, and B, if you find out he's taken furlough for his other employees, uh, you should definitely send us an email back and we will (laughs) definitely highlight that because I mean, all right, actually, this is a good point. Yeah. Guys, what about furlough, this furlough scheme and how it's being abused? Mm -hmm. I don't know if anyone's oh, yeah. been picking up on about this. Can you um, explain it? Yeah, so basically, so, yeah. Uh, the government will is is uh, agreeing to pay um, a certain amount. I think it's a hundred percent now, Greg, isn't it, or is it going down to no, 80? eighty? Eighty. Yeah, that's it. Eighty percent of wages, and yeah. for until I believe August at the moment, perhaps July, it's been extended to. Uh, don't quote me on that. But yeah, anyway, and basically, the um, a lot of companies are applying to have. Uh, for furlough from the government for this money to help play employees' wages. Um, mm-hmm. And an awful lot of people, very wealthy people, are essentially mm-hmm. abusing the scheme. Well, to say abusing, they As technically, yeah, technically have every legal right to claim the money. Um, but obviously just, you know, in a, in a situation where the government borrowing went up to, I think, 64 billion in April to help pay for all this... Uh, I just think it's disgraceful because at the end of the day, a lot of these people will not be the ones because we will be the ones paying for this in the decades to come. You know, in the years Mm. to come, sorry, uh, probably not decades, but years to come. Um, And it's a ticking time bomb. Yes, Nibs? Completely agree with the ticking time bomb. It, It definitely is. We've got the same sort of scheme here, but what they've done is they've actually made employees sign that they work for the companies, like a declaration that you actually do work for the company that's applying for this, uh, for this like subsidy. And what they've said is any business that has suffered a decrease of 30% in workload is then eligible to claim this subsidy. 
and it is for a hundred percent of what or it's fifteen hundred dollars per employee so anything after that if the employee was on two thousand a week australian dollars they would then have to subsidize the, they would have to pay the rest but it would be subsidized by fifteen hundred uh, sorry, a fortnight. Yeah, I think um, this. Uh, I, I genuinely, I said this from the outset that every company who takes on this furlough scheme should have been made to sign a contract or something saying that they would not fire the employees that they're furloughing. You know, because mm-hmm. it's. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's basically just he- using government money to hedge your bets as it were. But obviously I appreciate there are legal complexities surrounding that because if a company goes down to a thousand pounds in revenue from a hundred million pounds of revenue, obviously that is then very difficult, but that's besides the point. Uh, They shouldn't be allowed to start firing people. Um, They shouldn't have been allowed to claim furlough if they had already fired people. Certainly not. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there was obviously that gap before the economic measures came in where a lot of companies laid people off very quickly. I mean, I obviously lost all of my work very quickly um, mm. after it uh, after everything came out. Anyway, right, we should probably get to a break. We've been going on for quite a long time. Uh, so, yeah, please do. Please do email us in at podcast at tdw3media.co.uk. We will, of course, get around to your emails um, and, yeah, comment on them, give our thoughts. Um, and yes, um, if you need us to email your boss because they've, um, uh, been quite frankly abhorrent, then I will gladly hit do, uh, hit me up and I, I'm very good at strongly worded letters. Um, and yeah, tweet or oh, tweet us at TW3media. We will be right back after this. Welcome back guys. So, um, I've got one story this week, um, Uh, It's quite a fun one. Uh, The owner of a pizza restaurant in the US um, discovered that a delivery app, DoorDash, um, was selling his food cheaper than he does. But they were still paying him full price for the orders. So basically what he did, okay, was he bought his own pizzas. Okay, so because DoorDash (laughs) was selling them cheaper and he was basically pocketing the margin. So he started off kind of selling, I think, sending the pizzas to his friend's house. He would then start sending them to um, another friend's business, I think it was. And then he also would send, he would get his friend to order like... Uh, the pizzas with all the toppings on, but then not put any toppings. So he was not only getting the difference in the margin between what DoorDash were paying him and what he was actually selling it for, he would also save on the toppings. So I think that's a bit of good news, actually, in many ways. Brilliant. You know what? If, if if you've got a little bit of a hustle going on in these times, I think you should absolutely exploit it. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so That's great. Yeah, so that was that. Um, Nibsy, we're going to do some good news, I think, aren't we? Awesome. Okay, so, uh, Nibs, you've got 60 seconds on the clock. Tell us what is good in the world this week. More and more farmers are using garlicky supplements to curb major environmental enemy, cow gas. Uh, church opens up 
its doors to Muslim worshippers so they can have a place to pray during quarantine. Some specially trained dogs have saved 45 rhinos from poachers in South Africa and counting. The world's largest open air gallery was painted by people with learning disabilities and it's absolutely breathtaking. Family praised for their honesty after finding and returning bags containing 1 million in cash. Compassionate texting system allows, to, allows you to send kind messages to frontline heroes and get them in return. A 10 year old has given the gift of art to more than 1500 kids in shelters and foster care during quarantine. A dad has driven 1,100 miles just to surprise daughter with a 30 minute socially distanced birthday lunch. And Chef Andrea's charity is injecting $50 million into restaurants by paying them to feed the hungry. And last but not least, Sir Captain Moore is overawed after being officially knighted for his $40 million fundraiser. Way Brilliant. Thank you very much, Nibsy. Right. It is time to sign off for the week. Um, we've been going on. So, uh, as always, we like to finish on a Donald Trump quote of the week. Um, and this week, we've got this. I'm the president and you're fake news. <laughs> so, I mean, it cracks me up every time. Uh, so... Yes, uh, you've been listening to That Was The Week That Was. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, please, I've been joined by Nibs from Australia and Greg from London. I'm Dominic Lane, your host, and we wish you a very good week. We will see you on the other side. Stay safe. Stay hungry. God, I'm quoting Steve Jobs then. And we will see you next week. Goodbye. Stay safe, guys. Bye.